0: in the know the bourbon street shots podcast we're your hosts Shamit duup and mason ginsburg and this is all pelicans all the time Welcome to another episode of In the Know. We are joined today by a great guest, Sarah K. Spencer, who covers the Hawks and uh, not just the Hawks for the AJC, right?
1: A little bit of everything. Hawks is my beat, but then you kind of pinch hit on different things, especially yeah. for those like nine months when nothing was happening, you know, so <laughs> yeah, I kind yeah, of yeah. Around a little bit.
0: <laughs> got it. Got it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, we, uh, we appreciate you coming, on, you coming on to this podcast. Um, and so we've been hitting on a few teams. Um, so we're planning to do this all all. Thirty or at twenty nine, I guess other NBA teams, and then the uh, the free agency timeline moved up a little bit, and so we've been trying to prioritize certain uh, certain squads, um, spe- specifically ones that may have interest in Drew. Um, whether or not that's still a thing at this point in the game, who knows? But um, definitely. Um, looking forward to getting your take on all things Hawks and Pelicans um, I, because those two fan bases of New Orleans and Atlanta love each other so much. So yeah,
1: that's fun.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so um, to get started, you mind just telling everyone what what's what's your journey been like to to cover the Hawks, cover Atlanta teams, uh, any sort of you know uh, biases with with fandoms? Just feel free to to share share as much as you like.
1: Yeah, sure. So, um, my condensed, uh, life story is, um, I'm from about an hour South of Atlanta. So I did grow up in the area. Um, now I live like kind of more in the heart of the city in Midtown. Um, but, um, yeah, I graduated from UGA in 2016, always knew I wanted to do sports journalism. Luckily UGA has a program that fit me to a T like they actually have like a certificate program for sports journalism. So that's where I got my degree. And then, um, after college, I actually uh, got an inter- internship covering the Pirates for MLB.com, um, moved up to Pittsburgh like two days after graduation or something crazy. And that's what brought me to Pittsburgh. And then eventually I got a job in Pittsburgh um, doing kind of covering a couple different sports for the Post-Gazette. By the end of my time there, I was doing some Penn State football stuff. And then um, this job opened up in at the AJC and I had been kind of wanting to come home. Um, like i'm i'm really happy to be back like you know i'm born and raised here so there's there's something special about getting to return to your home state and like you know it's not very often that like your dream job exists in your hometown kind of you know so um so that's been really awesome um i don't have too much of an nba background actually like most of my background is in college sports like college basketball college football that kind of stuff and then baseball so the nba has been it's been really fun because it's been like a new challenge like you know when it comes to like salary cap stuff like i gotta i gotta study it i gotta learn it <laughs> i gotta look at the spreadsheet stuff you know and and um you know and go through stuff like that and learn it um so i didn't really grow up with any like big atlanta fandoms like the Braves were really good when i was growing up you know so you can't help but to but to kind of be on board with that but i didn't like grow up a hawks fan which I think it's actually good because you can be super unbiased when you're covering the team and just kind of like call it like it is. Um, Yeah, yeah so sure. is. I've, I've had the best experience like covering them so far, except for, you know, the pandemic. So um, it kind of, it was kind of sucks. So I've been doing it about, uh, I guess a, a little over a year, year and a half now and everything was going, you know, I mean, the Hawks were, they were struggling, but then toward the end of the season they actually did start to get a little better and it was becoming a little bit more, you know the games were getting a little bit better. I had adjusted to the to the travel schedule, which can just be brutal, as you know. So, you know, everything was going well, and then coronavirus yeah. happened and kind of yeah. derailed everything. So this will this will be my second season on the beat, but hopefully, but you know, like maybe my first like full season, but not even that because it's going to be seventy two games. So yeah. it, you know, it's been a wild ride to start <laughs> to start yeah. covering the Hawks, but it's also been good because I'm like. You know, if I can keep my head on straight with all this, then then I'm I'm in good shape. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of my background.
0: <laughs> uh, that's awesome. I, I still remember. Um, so I've I my my day job. I'm I'm traveling a lot to to Atlanta specifically. I've had a lot of work clients there. I, I, we have an office in Atlanta too, and I I stay in Midtown a lot, and I and I happen to be. In Atlanta for work, uh, when the Pelicans played their very first preseason game uh, against yep. the Hawks, it was Zion's first game, and mm-hmm. um, I, so I was there and kind of got to watch that first, that his first ever NBA non-summer league type NBA game in person, which was great. Um, um, yep. So it was, I think maybe my first game in uh, in that stadium, which is uh, our arena, which is which is cool.
1: Um, they revamped it a lot. It's, it's, it's been revamped a lot. They've done a lot of really good. I think they, they normally, they won a lot of like fan experience awards. So it's not a bad place to go to a game, go, go cover a game.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, So yeah, let's, let's talk about that finish of the season for Atlanta. You mentioned they had started to figure a few things out. Um, unfortunately not one of the teams voted the bubble. They had that weird thing for bet. They were saying, maybe we all go to Chicago, which seemed like a bad idea from the start. And <laughs> I think fortunately that didn't happen, but, um, what, what are your, you know, what are your impressions of the team? And, uh, we can, uh, jump to frequency in a second or, or, but, um, or the off season in general, but I'm curious your, your, your views on how they ended up.
1: Yeah. So the Hawks started out just, I mean, they just started out terrible, you know, because, um, This roster, I think, I think everyone is very eager for this team to be good, which is good. Like they generate a lot of um, intrigue, you know, and a lot of that is because Trey Young is so such a wizard, like they're, you know, you're on, you're on so many highlight reels, but they're not necessarily like winning. And a lot of that is because when you, when you looked like, I know there was some chatter about like, can they grab the eight seed or can they, you know, can they compete for a playoff spot? but when you, when you actually peeled back the roster, which, you know, happens as you start actually getting games under your belt, the roster was not built to win outside of their core. They did not have many guys who could get you quality minutes. You know, they just, they had a lot of guys who like a lot of people would be like, wait, he's on the roster. Like Chandler Parsons was on the Hawks, you know? Um, Like, like Alan Crabb was there for a little bit. Evan Turner was there for a little bit. Like it just wasn't, they still had a lot of guys on the roster who they had like taken, they had acquired picks and like taken on this contract, you know? So you have a lot of kind of just kind of dead space, you know, on that roster that was not going to, not going to get them, not going to cut it if they were going to make the playoffs, but their core is actually pretty good. Like that core of um, Trey Young, John Collins, Kevin Herter, DeAndre Hunter, Cam Ruddish, they actually had a pretty decent net rating and that was a pretty good group of guys um a lot of the Hawks problems it wasn't really those five guys like they had the worst three-point shooting percentage in the NBA I think it was like 33.3 those five guys weren't that bad or were good but the rest of the roster just kind of like falls off a cliff a little bit um so so yeah basically you know when John Collins got suspended for 25 games that that killed them you know because he's he gets he's a he he's getting better defensively but offensively he just like cranks out numbers like he's just a 20 and 10 guy um Kevin Herter who's kind of their three-point sharpshooter he got hurt he wasn't himself for like the first two-thirds of the season almost hardly um so they didn't have that you know production there and then two of the other guys Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter were rookies and they were you know they're kind of defensive guys and they were asking like there was one point There was one uh, period of games when we were out in LA and DeAndre Hunter had to guard LeBron James and then Paul George. And it's just a lot to ask for, you know, for a rookie. Um, Cam Reddish got much better throughout the season. So by the end of the season, once John was back, um, I mean, Trey was, you know, Trey, Trey is not good on defense, but I mean, he's, his production is like amazing. Obviously he was like an all-star starter. So once they got John Collins back, once Trey, you know, Trey was continuing to fire on all cylinders those young guys got a little older um they really did start to play better so you know they started off the season it was like 8 and 32 or something it it was just it was just tough and then toward the end of the season they ended the season on a um run not all that dissimilar to the Magic um who obviously that's kind of like their their line of like can we catch the Magic you know because you know that's kind of the if they can, if they can catch up to them and be on par with them, then you're going to be looking at, you know, contending for the playoffs. Um, But so they ended the season pretty, pretty well comparatively. um, But it wasn't enough to make the bubble. And, you know, you kind of get it because I think they wanted that bubble to be as small as possible, but then also have, which makes sense. You know, you don't want as many, you want as to limit the amount of bodies in there. Um, But then I also thought the kind of play in game structure was really cool and that adds even more intrigue for a team like the Hawks, who is hoping to contend for the playoffs, but will they be right there or will they be on the Caspunos? Um, so yeah, I, I guess long story short, this team has a lot of promise coming into this year. But I mean, the, again, like the roster is not filled out yet. I mean, they, there's still a lot of work to do with the draft and free agency, and I think that time will kind of tell where they're gonna where they're gonna end up, what they're gonna do. Um, they've got they've got a lot of potential. It's just like how do we fill in these holes and make sure we have the depth to succeed this season in a way that we just really didn't last season. Like when Trey Young was off the court, which doesn't happen very often, um, but when he is off the court, they score. You know, they just can't score, and so they've got a lot of holes to fill. Like, can we find a, a reliable backup point guard? Can we? improve that three-point percentage, can we improve, you know, our defense, like, can we bring in some guys who would be good defenders, um, and I think that's something they'll keep in mind as they look to build out this roster so they can compete for the playoffs, whether they'll make it or not, you know, we'll just see, um, but it's, they've, they've stated it as a goal, you know, like Lloyd Pierce has stated it as a goal, um, a lot of the players have stated it as a goal, General manager Travis Schlenk has been a little bit more cautious, just kind of saying we want to see improvement, obviously, because it's his name as GM, you know. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of where they are. Um, they're, they have a lot of promise and they're optimistic. We'll just kind of see how the rest of this these few weeks go. It's such a condensed process to, you know, actually getting ready to play December 22nd, which is so crazy. I can't believe that's happening.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and I'll say New Orleans fans can, can relate to that struggle of – you know, starting from a hole because of injuries or what that, I feel like it's been an annual process for, for, New, for the Pelicans specifically. <laughs> and it's, it's hard to, to dig yourself out of it when you give yourself a hole, especially in the West for New Orleans. And so um, can, can absolutely understand where you where you're coming from there. And so, yeah, so I am I'm curious where you think this team's gonna go because we have heard rumblings, whether it's from the Hawks or from other um newsbreakers around the league, that this team, this Hawks team's trying to make make some waves sooner rather than later. And so you can understand, like, I mean, take a look at Phoenix in the West making the tree for for Chris Paul. I mean, they're they're tired of lo- of losing. They saw some really great signs in the bubble that said, Hey, let's let's use this as a jumping off point. Let's go to Chris Paul and see if we can make a push to the playoffs. And so I think that's really important for a team that has that's trying to sell Devin Booker on, on a career in Phoenix. It's, it's, you know, even if you think of timelines rushed, there are benefits to making the playoffs for your other, you know, and for Atlanta, I think guys like Trey Young and John Collins, showing mm-hmm. them that that team can be a playoff team and show them some sort of ability to, 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 win games and buy into winning games, I think is important. So I mean, what do you think as far as that trajectory of, do you continue to play it slow and accumulate assets and, and, and grow your young talent um, versus not say you wouldn't do that otherwise, but, but, but versus maybe expediting the timeline and trying to go be players and get, grab some guys like uh, like a Clint Capella uh, who who may help you win more now.
1: Well, I think that was yeah that's that's well said because I think that the Clint Capella trade was one was kind of the kind of the earliest indication as far as like moves as far as like trades and moves that this team is that the Hawks are kind of trying to be done with, you know, like I said earlier, like taking on a bad contract or taking on guys in exchange for taking in guys who are not going to play, you know, in order to have more cap space in order to have, you know, in order to, or in order to have picks rather. Um, I think that was kind of the, that was kind of the, um, first indication that they, they were trying to be done with that. Um, so, so but at the same time, the guy who's actually like pulling the strings here, Travis Schlenk has said that, you know, it, to me, it does not seem like he is rushing. Um, I understand there's a lot of rhetoric and a lot of messaging out there from a lot of people um, who are saying like the Hawks are trying to win now. I don't exactly know what win now means. Like, does it mean win more than yes, <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know if it means, you know, th- they would love to make the playoffs. That's a goal um it's a goal from a lot of you know by a lot of the players which like of course it should be like Lloyd Pierce coach like of course of course they're like trying to win nobody likes to go out there and lose but as far as from you know the the actual guy who's like in charge of those moves I do not get the impression that he's rushing um I don't necessarily think you know if they don't love this like free agency class if they don't love you know they're not going to go spend money just to spend money I, I really don't think that I think that He's kind of being, I don't know if patient is the right, is the right word for it, but um, you know, I mean, he, he was really, I think that he's been pretty clear of like, you know, we want to win more. It's time for our decisions over the past few years. It's time for those to start paying off. Yeah. It's time for us to start winning more, but I don't think he said a couple of times, this is not a playoffs or bust season. And they don't want to. They obviously don't want to spend the money just to spend the money on someone who they're not positive of, and then you end up in another bad contract situation, which is what they definitely want to avoid. So, I mean, I could see them that, like going into the season. I could see them. They said today that uh, Travis said today it's most likely they're going to stay at six, which you know it's kind of a smokescreen. Like I mean, that, you know who who knows if that's <laughs> actually the case, but. I to me, that makes the most sense for them to do um, to, to stay at six and pick someone who you think is going to, you know, right, like kind of kind of create some competition on the roster I and mean, compete for playing time right away. Like, you know, like there are there are guys in this draft who can do this, even though people have said this is not the best draft. I kind of think there's I mean, there's not a consensus number one, but I actually think there's there's a lot of guys in that top 10 range who are going to be pretty good NBA players. Um, so, so yeah, I don't know if necessarily they're going to go out there and, you know, try to spend all this money at once. I, I, I think I see them still being a, a little bit patient, but a, a little bit aggressive too, depending on who's out there and, you know, who's, who's available.
0: Yeah. So I, I think that's an interesting point. And, and the fact that, um, so the Hawks are one of the teams with cap space and also,
1: so of course, um, they're going to be, they're going to be listed <laughs> in every single trade rumor there ever yep. is. You yep. know, and so that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen. It's because they have the space. So of course teams are going to, you know, our agents are kind of going to be like, hey, what about, you know, but, that, you know, so of course they're going to be listed and everything, but that doesn't mean it's going to actually, you know, come through as you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, even as recently as today, when uh, when Chris Dunn, uh, you know, declined, declined a, a qualifying offer, it's like, oh, well,
1: yeah, Hawks. It's like, hey, that would go pretty well with Trey Young, huh? Uh, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. do you
0: do you see any scenario at this point um, and we can we can kind of turn this into a discussion, maybe around Drew or 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 other New Orleans players. But do you do you see any scenario in which they are moving the sixth pick? So it, even let's let's forget going up or down the draft for a second. But do you see a scenario where they're gonna say, all right, we'll we'll trade the six pick and someone for someone who's making a lot more money and they have the ability to do a lopsided trade and take on a lot more salary than they're sending out, which makes them uh, easier to do business with than some other teams where they may have ha- cap constraints. So I'm curious if you see anything out there that, that makes sense to you drew or otherwise with that pick.
1: So regarding drew um, who I'm I like, I mean, I'm a fan of his game and especially like when you, if you were to think of like fit as far as X's and O's, I mean, the Hawks um, for sure need some help on defense, you know, like that's, that's a, they must get better at that, That they absolutely must. If they want to, you know, win, win now, try to contend for the playoffs, whatever you want to call it, they, they have to get better at that. So I understand why that makes sense. I don't know though. So to me, it sounds like uh, the, the players, the Hawks are trying to go after are, they, they kind of fall into that. Clint Capella age range. So 25 just turned 26. Um, and, and they've said that we're kind of going for guys who we want to get a little older because we found a way last year to get younger and that didn't go very well. So they, they do want to get a little older and like bring in some more veteran experience, but I, I don't, I don't know with Drew being, I think he's 30, right? I don't know if that exactly fits. The mold of what they're looking for also for him if he were to go to a different team maybe he would want to go to a contender you know yeah. which the the Hawks are not right now um, they'd love to be but they're still they're still building you know they're not like at the beginning of rebuilding hopefully they're at the end they they want to say they're nearing the end of the rebuild we'll just have to see you know when push comes to shove this season so for me I don't know if that makes the to me I don't know if I see that happening um, but I understand why it would be out there. And like you said, the Hawks are going to be tied to any, any player who could like remotely fit, you know, like Chris Dunn, it's going to be like, ah, oh, what about the Hawks? You know, I, so I get it, but I don't know if for either party that makes the most sense, if, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, it makes total sense. And I think, you know, the, a lot of the rumblings with Drew would, would also predicate be predicated on the fact that would he be willing to sign an extension there? Cause he's got one year left and a player one option. Year. So yeah.
1: then, yeah. So then, so do you, do you make that decision and then, and then what happens, you know, so that kind of might turn into a, a risk that the Hawks don't exactly want to take, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And so it, 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 it definitely, definitely makes sense. And I think that there may have been smoke there at first, but when uh, once you did, peel back down a little bit, maybe it's you know if if Drew can, is voicing, I don't know if I want to extend there. You're paying for a one year rental for what? But I mean that that said, we we you know in New Orleans, I think specifically, I think we've realized the value in having the right balance of youth and vets, even on a rebuilding team. I mean, if you throw a bunch of twenty five or younger players on a team together with no real no stable veteran presence there. Um, mm-hmm. you're putting a lot on your head coach and your coaching staff. Um, I think it's important to have a mix. I think the guys like JJ Redick and favors and each one more or along, alongside you were great for that New Orleans team last year. And I think that's something that Pelicans have to consider if they trade drew is how do you replace that veteran presence in the locker room? And so,
1: right.
0: um, so, so yeah, I mean, I, and I feel like Atlanta may be thinking about some of the same stuff there.
1: Yeah. It's, and it's a good point. And, uh, you know, to, to that point, I definitely, I, I feel like I saw that last season where the Hawks, you know, they they, they got younger and they also got maybe quieter, you know, like they didn't really have that, that vocal presence, especially on defense, especially when John was out who not that he's like older, but he's a very outgoing guy. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, they did miss that at times. And then I remember it was so funny. I remember being in the locker room in, um, Boston back when we could do things in person. Remember? It's been, been a long time, um, but I remember being in the locker room in Boston when they, right after they had acquired Dwayne Dedman, who obviously had been on the team before, so most, most guys knew him, mm-hmm. and I remember walking in and just being like, this is the loudest I have ever heard a locker room, um, you know, pregame, because... You know, they've just got, the Hawks have a lot of guys who are, you know, just younger and quieter and still kind of figuring it out. Like they'll come out of their shells, I'm sure, but it's just a process. And that moment just stood out to me so much in my mind because I was like, oh wow, here we've got a a grizzled outgoing vet, you know? And it was just, the contrast was just really funny. (laughs)
0: 2020 has reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes in Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash Wire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. The wait is finally over. Football's back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win the season. From games, spreads, and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on the season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BlueWire at BetOnline.ag. That's BlueWire, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. I'm curious what you think might happen from the sense that uh, you know, maybe the Hawks don't want to go crazy and spend money in the free agent market right now if they don't think a guy's worth it. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, but at the same time, you've got space. Not many other teams do. There's... Uh, th- there's a uh, an argument to be made that you're going to use that cast space maybe in a trade to take on a player who might help you this year and help provide that veteran presence. And you can also take a, uh, you know, if it's a team trying to clear a space, you can take an asset or something along with it. So do you have a, um, do you have a preferred uh, option without getting into players, but that's too hard to predict that kind of stuff. But do you have a preferred general path for the, uh, for the Hawks this offseason?
1: season? Well, it's hard, you know, it's, it's a good question. It's, it's a little hard to say before, before Wednesday, just cause I really, I really want to see who they take in the draft, especially now that it really does sound like they're going to stay at six, you know? So I, it, because, um, because my answer would, would change so much. So for example, if they're able to take someone like, let's say a um, I mean, I think honestly one of the greatest scenarios for them is if they can snag Tyrese Halliburton um, because he meets like, all of the Hawks needs, or hopefully he would meet all the Hawks needs at once. Good three-point shooter, good defender, can play alongside Shrey Young, but also back him up. So really, it's almost like four needs that you're meeting at once. So so if they were to do that, then they wouldn't need to go grab, you know, a secondary ball handler or a secondary playmaker or something like that. Um, If they go a different direction, and if they were to, let's say not that this is going to happen, but just kind of spitballing. Like if um, Anyeka Kongwu is there and he's the best player available and they take him, then, you know, they have a Scalabissier, Scalabissier is, um, is a pending free agent. So it's like, okay, mm-hmm. are they going to hold on to him? You know, it's just so hard to stay at this point. But one thing that they do really need is is depth. Um, they they just need depth. Like, I mean, they they didn't have it all last season, and then a guy gets hurt, and it's just like, oof, you know. So they really, I do really think they need to focus on depth moving forward, and you know, that's probably something a lot of teams are going to be thinking about, not just them, because you know, you're playing. Not in a bubble during a
0: pandemic. Weird season, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's
1: a weird season, so that's something that are probably a lot of teams are, are thinking about. Which I know the league is going to do some things to help teams out with that. Like for example, the two-way the two-way mm-hmm. guys can you know stay right. up for longer and can play more. Um, it's not ideal, but it might end up happening. You might end up you know sure. starting a two-way guy at some point. You know so. Yeah. <laughs>
0: knowing the pelicans I'm sure it's gonna happen yeah, to them I mean at some the Hawks
1: point. too they had such bad injury luck last year um, but yeah so so depth overall is probably going to be something everyone's thinking about but just from from the Hawks perspective I know they're gonna put a priority on that
0: yeah yeah and, and so last question and I do want to get your perspective on the pelicans and if there's anything that really there you think there might be. so putting Drew to the side does anything that makes sense to you but um the 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 Hawks have a pretty as far as number of decisions to be made on free agents, they have probably less than the, your average NBA team. But is there anything that you think they're going to do that may surprise people regarding the, the guys they currently have that are free agents? You no, know,
1: not really, because most of the guys that they have that are going to be free agents, I don't necessarily see coming back. Um, but you, you, ne- you wouldn't, I, I don't think that would be a surprise. I would think it would almost be a surprise if they were to stay the the Jeff Teague one is kind of kind of difficult Mm -hmm. to pinpoint right now especially because he has such a history with the team um like I said depending on who they draft the Scalabissier thing is kind of like but you know Schlenk has said he's tried to add him before um it just hasn't worked out so he's he kind of seems like they'd prefer to keep him but it just is kind of going to depend on what's happening with um with the draft but I don't necessarily know if I see anything happening that's too surprising because most of the guys who are free agents, not all, but um, you know, a handful of them kind of kind of struggled. And you know, if you're trying to improve the roster, it's just kind of a situation where those might be guys you have to part with.
0: Yeah, yeah. M- makes sense. And I-, I know Atlanta's not really a small market team per se, but I think they I get experience a small some of the same. market
1: team a lot. People will always say it's a small market team and I'm like, maybe it feels like it, but this place yeah. is huge. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah I, I get it. Cause I mean, thinking, speaking from a, the uh, from the perspective of a true small market team, you, you, it's really, it, I feel like they get called small markets because of how easy it is to go and get a big name free agent when the time comes. And I, I feel like there are certain cities and destinations that are more appealing, even though, so I feel like the small big market is kind of a misnomer, but, it, but that's what they're getting at. And so, you know, I, I can- Appreciate the fact that it it, it is a hard decision sometimes to let free agents go that are your you know coming from your own team that are because it's not necessarily a given that you're going to go and replace that type of talent elsewhere. So, mm-hmm. but the the flip side is you don't want to go and overpay that talent because of that. So that that could be even more painful. So, right,
1: right.
0: Um, so let, let's talk a little about New Orleans. So, um, any anything that so first of all any overall takeaways from their roster from from their from their performance overall, whether it was the, you know, the start of the season, the improved play, and then the, the just the the clusterfuck of the bubble for them was not, was not pretty, but um right. just curious what your general impressions of the team were last year.
1: Well, I think it's, I think it's interesting. There's kind of a, there's a little bit of a similar dynamic that they've got a, a lot of young, talented, intriguing guys, you know, like they kind of have, like the Hawks talk about their core five, a lot of, basically guys who they're building around or rebuilding around and guys who, you know, it would kind of take a lot to part with them. Uh, I don't, not necessarily that those guys are untouchable, but that it would take a lot to part with them because they really like, they like those guys and they've made the decision to kind of stick with them um, through it. Um, so it seems like it's kind of interesting with, or it's, it seems like it's kind of similar um, with new Orleans. They've got a lot of, a lot of talented guys. I mean, I think, Obviously, like to bury the I guess I'm burying the lead a little bit with Zion. Um, who, you know, I wish we had gotten to see more of him. I, I wish, I I wish we had Start really gotten, <laughs> I probably, yeah, exactly. Um, I, I wish we had gotten to see more of him. And that's that's you know, that's disappointing. So I think he's gonna not that he's gonna like take anyone by surprise because we all know that Zion's fantastic, you know, but I think having him consistently, it's gonna be so fun to watch like how he can really like how the a star the star of the team is just really I just feel like they're gonna that team is just gonna trend upward you know with him if not shoot upward um but yeah so so mostly just young talented players who I think are really only gonna get better is kind of my impression of my impression of New Orleans right now and then just kind of drawing comparisons to to them and the Hawks obviously they're they're ahead of the Hawks and they're you know, a little better than the Hawks are right now, as far as, you know, where they are, you know, with their trajectory. But, you know, it's, it's interesting because that's just kind of a team that the Hawks are trying to not emulate purposefully, but, you know, improve as well, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. And I I think, um, you know, I, I, unfortunately, obviously Schmidt couldn't be on uh, this podcast, but I, I I think the reason he's going to miss it the most is because he, we've been trying to, sh- to shop Lonzo to anyone who will listen. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and we've, we've been, uh, we've kind of talked about at this point ad nauseum about Lonzo, but it's just about how his role and uh, the role that he sees himself having is not how we see him. And is not how I think a lot of people see him. How do y'all, how do y'all see the- him? So not as a point guard. Um, our, our perspectives on Lonzo is he's a, he's a transition point guard. He hasn't really shown the ability, the chops to get to the rim consistently to make plays in, in the half court. Um, he does, he's, he's allergic to the free throw line. He doesn't make free throws. I mean, there's a lot of red flags there, but as, as a wing who can defend and shoot and really be a secondary creator, he he's got a, he's, he definitely, if he can accept that role, he's, he can be a, a damn good player. The question is, you know, can, will he do it? And when, when will he do it? Cause there's financial implications there of, of, of depending on the role you have. I mean, they there, yeah, obviously he's, you know, he signed with clutch recently. I think he's very interested in what his next contract's going to look like. Um, and so, uh, you know, it's the, a lot of things have to go right for the, I feel like for the new, for new Orleans, get a deal with him, an extension that makes sense um, whether it's now or next summer. And so um, I, I think that we've definitely talked to a few different um people about you know, on these podcasts about whether or not he's a fifth for those teams. And I but I do feel like Lonzo is an interesting case for Atlanta given um I feel like he'd fit pretty nicely with Trey Young. And so um whether it's Lonzo or or other players in New Orleans, I mean other are other are guys you feel like could make sense in some sort of hypothetical deal since we kind of agree that Drew is probably not gonna he would probably end up in
1: Atlanta. Right. Um the Lonzo one is is interesting. And I, well I do know that another one that people talked about for not necessarily with the Hawks, but I guess in general is Brandon Ingram, which that's just a name that came up so much. Again, for obvious reasons, because he yeah, I I mean, I guess like, you know, the narrative is like he obviously he, you know, improved so much, but I kind of always thought he was good. <laughs> I was like, Brandon Ingram's been been good for a while. Um, but but with him, I don't know if I I mean, I'm pretty sure he's gonna be a super high priority to to kind of bring back and, you know, norm- I'd be
0: shocked if normally, yeah, I'd be shocked if New Orleans doesn't keep them.
1: And normally with guys like that, you got to really overpay. And I, I feel, and that's kind of like to, you know, to get them, to lure them away from, from that. Um, and that contract that they're on right now. So I don't know if I, if I would see that happening that I like, I, I just think they'd have to overpay a lot. Um, the Lonzo fit is, is intriguing. Um, I don't know. I, 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 don't know. Do you, so do you see him taking on, do you, do you see him? What, what do you see his trajectory being? Like, do you think he is okay? Like positionally, like what, what do you see for, for him?
0: I, I think it's very, he's got to be in the right uh, organization that can get him to buy into a certain type of role that he may not see himself as mm-hmm. and, and to be fair he's young i mean uh it, it, he could improve in every area i just mentioned where i feel like he's not doing that well as a player but um mm-hmm. but also it's it's rare to see a player go from so far below average to even average in all these areas you can get better doesn't necessarily mean you're certainly gonna be great at it and so mm-hmm. um, I, I really i feel like he could as, as he could play nicely alongside uh alongside Trey young as a guy who can defend and also who could, who, as of this, this season, he's, he's developed a shot. And so he's, he can, I'm not saying he's a guy you've got to go out and, and worry about tremendously from three point range yet, but he, he made threes at a really nice clip last year. And I, and I think the form has really improved and I expect that to continue to a certain degree.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and so I could see, I could see that those two fitting nicely together in the backcourt um, how it fits with the rest of the roster, I guess, to, to be determined, but I really feel like it's, it's about, Finding the right fit around a, a star like Trey Young, and so um, you know, again, it all depends on the cost, right, and and what's what's on the table. And I'm not, I'm not even sure that New Orleans is looking to trade him. And so I just you right. know, when, when looking at some of the younger players on the Pelicans roster, I feel like Zo fits better on Atlanta than he might with a lot of other teams.
1: Mm-hmm. And and that just goes back to what we were talking about earlier of like any any time there's a, a player who's you know, because I mean, this is kind of what the the Hawks have, you know, decided, you know, to to make Trey Young the centerpiece, which makes sense in a lot of ways. But you've also got to surround him with not just average defenders, but above average to like excellent defenders. You know, um, Trey Young has also he's made a couple comments about how, I mean, you know he he knows defense is not his thing, and he he's made a couple comments about um, wanting to like really put in the work or having put in the work this off season to improve conditioning wise and, and be able to play, you know, a hundred percent on, on both ends of the floor, as opposed to just on offense. Um, You know, I don't know if it's conditioning that was the problem or if it's just. um, So a good example of of this is like, I remember kind of toward the end of the season, which obviously was clipped, but um, the Hawks played Memphis twice in like, three or four days. Like it was a really small period of time. And then this obviously was fighting tooth and nail to, you know, to, to make the playoffs, to, to stay, you know, to stay at eight or, or whatever it was. And the Hawks didn't exactly have as much to play for maybe to put it, you know? So I think some of it is just, I think some of the Hawks defensive issues are just like when you're not playing meaningful games, it's harder to to summon that, you know, and, and not try to just, like, outscore everybody. Um, but that stuff like that is kind of hard to quantify. So, uh, you know, as far as defensively, they do need to add some guys who are going to be able to help defensively, whether that's through the draft, whether that's for, through free agency, whether that's just, you know, the guys that they have buckling down and also – I should mention, I'm talking about, you know, defense all this time. I haven't even seen Clint Capella play, you know, he's been, he's, you know, he's been, he was hurt and had that nagging heel injury. So he didn't get to play at all last season. So, you know, it's not, it's certainly not all on Trey Young. Like, like Trey is the reason why they win at all, you know, a, a lot of times, not, not exactly, but he, he's a big, re- he's a big leader and a big reason why, you know, they win. So it's not all on him, but, you know, defensively, they're going to have to surround him with guys who can kind of cover for him a little bit. Um, And they didn't really have that last season. I mean, they didn't, they didn't even have a, you know, a center who could defend really, you know, for, for a lot of the season. Um, So, so I think Clint Capella will help them there, but you're right. They're going to have to add some defensive pieces, whether that's through the draft, whether that's through free agency, whatever it may be, because they can't keep, you know, doing the same thing and then, you know, expecting, expecting to win.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Agreed um and i think i think that's that's similar to what new orleans can be looking for this year too i mean they they had a, a defense that was kind of less than some of its parts in a way uh last season um i mean, I, I think that with, with Derek favors had some issues staying healthy and then there's some mobility issues there but he was still so much better than the next guy up and so he made a difference but i think that this team still has a lot of room to grow some of the younger guys i think you know, Zoe took plays off BI was just not good overall on defense, but I think he's got, I, I, I don't think the book is closed by him defensively by any stretch. I think Stan Van Gundy's the right guy. That's going to be to, to, that's to, push be this to watch. Team.
1: I I yeah. really like Stan Van I'll miss, but I'll miss, um I'll miss his commentating. I thought he, I thought he did a yeah. great, great job like commentating. And I'm like, oh mm-hmm. damn it. But you know, I mean, he'll, he'll do well in new Orleans, but, but I will yeah. miss, I will miss his play yeah. by play. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so, uh, de- definitely same, but we're, we're, we're lucky to have them. And I, I, so I feel like that it, it's going to be, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what this team can do just uh, based on no, no, no other roster changes, but see how they can grow. The, these young players can grow defensively um, under understand. Um, but so I, I think we've, we've hit on a lot of the, uh, the big topics we wanted to catch up with uh, with you on uh, Sarah. So thank you. Thank you so much for joining a uh, couple, couple questions to close out here though. Um, we've been asking everyone uh, you, your 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 favorite and and least favorite Hawks of all time. You can name however many you want, whether it's one or you know three, whatever you whatever you think.
1: Oh gosh, my favorite Hawks of all time. Well, um, I I really I really like Dominique Wilkins, and he's he's also um, he does um, I forget if it's I, I think he does play by play or color. He he does um, he's on the broadcast crew for the Hawks, and he's really he's really a fun fun guy he's really nice he's obviously like you know kind of big time but he'll also sit there and and talk with you about whatever Mm -hmm. you know so yeah so there were um there were a lot of times when we would be on the road and I would just like sit down at the broadcast table and just be like hey what do you think about what do you think about xyz you know and he would just like give me his thoughts on on everything um least favorite hawk that's a tough one um I don't know. I, you know, I honestly don't know not to give like a political answer. I don't know if I have a least favorite Hawk, but I do think there's going to be, you know, I, I, I do think it was funny how there were a lot of guys on the team last season who people would be like, wait, so-and-so is on the team, you know, but I mean, I, <laughs> you know, but I mean,
0: Solomon Hill, just say it, Solomon. <laughs>
1: <Hill>. <laughs> but that's, it's the nature of a rebuilding team. Cause you take on all these guys. I don't know if I have a least favorite, but that doesn't make me laugh whenever people would be like, wait, that person's on the roster. But yeah, <laughs> but you, thanks. But thank you for having me. This was fun. It really was. It really yeah. was a good time.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like my answer to those questions usually guys in in a word ball hogs guys that I feel like are taking more shots than they should. Like I go back all the way to like for Gennaro Pargo on the New Orleans Hornets in like oh seven oh eight when the or sorry when the Hornets are really good and I feel like he was taking the ball from Chris Paul too much <laughs> and so like those are usually my answers for things right. like that. I don't blame. Um, But yeah it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a hard question to answer sometimes, but, uh, well, yeah, Sarah, thank you again so much for joining before we wrap, just, uh, please tell everyone where they can find your work. Okay.
1: Yeah. So, um, my Twitter handles complicated cause I kind of have a common name, but it's at Sarah underscore K underscore Spence. So I'll say it nice and slow. Um, but yeah, that's where, that's where you can find me on Twitter. Shoot me an email, shoot me a DM, say hi. I, I like that kind of stuff.
0: Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for hopping on. Um, and uh, uh, look, looking forward to uh, following the Hawks and seeing if they continue to go on a similar trajectory as New Orleans. Uh, should be should be fun to watch these two.
1: Absolutely. Nights,
0: What's up, everybody? I'm Bladen. I'm Matt. And I'm Theo. And we are Stay Hot, the only podcast that gives you the hottest analysis and takes on the NFL and NBA all year round.
1: I know that there's a lot of losers and haters out there who don't think three sports TikTokers can hang for a full pod, but, you know, we're going to prove them all wrong. We're about to
0: dive deep into the NFL draft and are already hitting the NBA playoffs. So watch Stay Hot on YouTube or listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.